Welcome to the Secret Lives of Chiropractors. I know you may have noticed that I took a break from recording. It is because I had been working on this incredibly exciting series called Secret Lives of Chiropractors, which you're about to experience. I know, I know, change in brands, but hear me out. I really wanted to know what the secret sauce of some of these most influential, successful leaders and mentors in chiropractic, like what's their secret sauce? I wanted to know their struggles, their secrets, how do they win through self-doubt? I also wanna know what kind of car they drive and if they do their own grocery shopping. So to me, this was worth the whole rebrand and renaming of the podcast. So this will be a series that we'll do for a while and uh, it will be fun and I hope that you enjoy it. So again, welcome to the secret lives of chiropractors where we get personal with chiropractic leaders, um, mentors, and influential entrepreneurs. And when I say personal, I mean really, really personal. Today, I interviewed the black sheep of the black sheep, Dr. Billy Damas. He's one of my favorite rule breakers. I was actually surprised at, at how open and vulnerable he got sharing about his struggle with addiction and the things that he regrets in his life. Um, you might love him, you might hate him, but he's got influence and he is definitely putting it to good use. You know, uh, Billy to me is the essence of authenticity. He just is who he is, he's honest, he's raw, and he doesn't give a crap about what you think about him. And you should be more like Billy in this sense. To clarify, I mean, you should stop having so much energy, all of us should stop having so much energy tied up in what our parents think, what your friends and family expect of you on how to be and how to act. We need more people in the world who show up authentically and unapologetically as themselves. And that is true freedom. Speaking of freedom, freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom of energetic space, that feeling you get when you're on vacation. I'm a big fan of those. Actually, I'm obsessed about it. So obsessed that I have a membership called Elevate Club where I teach you how to access freedom of time, money, and energetic space. How to unlock, unhook from the, mat the matrix and show up at your full potential. You can actually join me there at www.elevate.me and elevate is actually spelled play on words spelled e-l-i-v-a-t dot me t-e dot me <laughs> totally butchered that one but i'm sure the link is in here somewhere i also guarantee that you are going to love billy even if you hated him before after this episode so be sure to subscribe share connect and most importantly enjoy this episode Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Today, I have probably the, uh, the problem child of chiropractic in the most 
loving way is what I would describe. Um, Dr. Billy Damas, one of my favorite people in chiropractic, probably the most influential chiropractor, um, at least in my timeline in terms of uh, spreading the message of chiropractic and, and the ways that he has done that. Um, Billy has been, uh, practicing and living the principle, the philosophy of chiropractic over the past three decades. Uh, he's a leader inside and outside of chiropractic and uh, not just in Southern California, really all over the world. He is a sought after speaker travels all over the country, all over the world, really. And, uh, to speak and spread the message of chiropractic health and wellness, his motto is work hard and play harder. Uh, he's a surfer. He's here down the street by me. We should have had this session uh, live or in person uh, because I'm literally. Twist my arm. <laughs> I'm only 20 minutes away from you or two minutes away from you. Anyways, thank you so much for giving me your time, Billy. Thank you for being here and welcome. Well, thanks for having. Thanks for that nice, warm introduction. Yeah, I kind of can be a, would you say black sheep or what'd you call black me? Black sheep, or, problem, oh God, problem child. Yeah. <laughs> would, you What's that? would you agree with that do people think of you that way i don't know if i'm a problem child but i can be very controversial to some controversial. people i don't water it down and i i mean i say it like it is and some people can't handle that and some people are still stuck in the old matrix you know and it's like it's not i think a lot of things that people used to think i was crazy about and the problem child about or controversial has all really come to fruition now it's just like and a lot of people have apologized to me for their negative comments in the past and not mm -hmm. understanding what I was talking. Just basically, they thought I was nuts. But the reality is there is a depopulation agenda on the planet, whether you believe it or not. And you don't have to look too hard because they're already predicting 80, 880 million people are going to actually die from the vaccine. So, wow, yeah. that's incredible. Close to 1 billion, which they want to get us down to 500 million. I know that's all conspiracy theory, but we'll see what wow. happens. Yeah, I know. And so was everything else that you've been saying and we've been talking about in the past couple of years. They all were conspiracy theorists. Right. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that you're you're considered the problem child from their perspective. Sure. I got you know? it. Yeah. Yeah. Not not. I wouldn't call you that. You're one of my favorite chiropractors. Like, but, you know, you you're definitely controversial inside and outside of chiropractic, period. That's right. Fun. Yeah. So here's the thing. How did all of this begin? Like when you were four years old, five years old, six years old, like what was your childhood like? And what were the, were there some things that happened that you were like, I like that put you on this path of leadership, thinking outside the box, you know? I, I think one of the most impactful things I had was when I was five, I remember John F. Kennedy being assassinated. Mm. Also Martin Luther King, but more, more, I would say more, it was JFK had a more of an impact on me because my mom was just so distraught and I felt the pain that she was going through because she loved uh, Kennedy. Mm. And I think that whole initiation with conspiracies and was it an inside job and, you know, all the things that I've talked about over the years that, that probably was the initial, you know, event that really kind of got me going down that rabbit hole, which I really got chiropractic is what pushed me down the rabbit hole. It was just the simple statement that BJ Palmer said was that if the germ theory of disease were true, there would be no one living to believe it. So that shot the germ theory, which then 
we don't need freaking vaccines if there's no germ theory. So, and again, that got me down that whole huge, and that's one of the things that was controversial to some chiropractors. They didn't feel like a chiropractor talking about vaccines was within my scope of practice. And I go, well, Jesus Christ, man. It's just like, I've done a ton of reading. I mean, I read everything I can get my hands on when it comes to vaccines, all Steffi Caves books, Tim O'Shea, uh, Suzanne Humphreys, Cherry Tenpenny. I mean, I can go on and on with all the different books that I've read because it's something that's always fascinated me. And again, I don't necessarily have to do it as a chiropractor. I could be just a concerned person on the planet that looks out for the welfare of children that are being basically targeted. And like I said before, it wasn't the whole thing with SB 277 wasn't about just getting the 1.5% of kids that weren't vaccinated vaccinated. It was about just getting people ready to have vaccine mandates. It's just mm-hmm. a stepwise progression to get to where we're at right now. You know, and Did then- you call, Billy, sorry to interrupt. Did you call that out back then? Oh like, yeah, I totally called it out. When I, the- I mean, I, I'm looking at, do they really care about the 1.5% of kids that aren't vaccinated? I mean, that's just an inconsequent. I looked at the bigger picture. They want to get adults vaccinated and look what we've done with the, the most recent, scamdemic is we've got, like I said, with they're predicting 880 billion people are going to die from the vaccine. Mm. Uh, there's got to be a high percentage of people that got vaccinated and there's, and there's money in that. I mean, obviously there's not only an agenda with depopulation, but there's also an agenda to make money off people and, and create a dumbing down effect of which the vaccines will do. And, and then create the next pandemic which will probably be monkeypox and that's going to be we're all be right. yeah so yeah we're on the we're on the path for that it seems so um i can i can make an assumption on what pisses you off and i've seen you on stage obviously talking about certain things that that do piss you off but what are the top 3 things that you would say like really frustrates you really annoys you really pisses you off well i think number 1 that uh they target innocent children, number one, and th- that's really disconcerting to me. I mean, I mean, I, I, my practice is half pediatrics. I take care of a lot of kids, and I, that's because I resonate with kids. I because I, I haven't grown up yet. A lot of people tell me I need to grow up so I can be grumpy like them. I guess we don't, no, we don't need you to grow up. No, I don't want to grow. I'm not no. going to grow. If I haven't grown up by age sixty four, I'm not growing up. So, you know, and surfing keeps me young. My practice keeps me young snowboarding key and then music all that stuff is all childlike kind of loves that i still have yeah uh that's one number two is the destiny of the united states of america and the freedoms that people are going to have especially i look at you know the life that i've lived in my i mean i've had an amazing i could die today i've said this many times i could die today and i've had the most amazing life possible i mean there's probably not too many people on the planet have lived the same you know, I've traveled all over the world doing everything that I want to do, surfing and snowboarding and speaking, like you said. I mean, I've been to Italy, Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, Scotland, England, France, Spain, you know, mm-hmm. on and on and on. And I've traveled all over Latin America, surfing and Samoa, the, you know, Pacific and Maldives. It's just like, don't I haven't been to South Africa. That's not my goal list, mm-hmm. uh, bucket list. But I want kids to have those same opportunities and the way I'm seeing the world head. I'm looking at a world where we just read agenda 2030, which is pretty much predictive of where we're all headed with very restricted travel, uh, 
you know, you're not even be able to have a raise your own family. Your kids are not going to be your property. Kids are going to be property of the Republic and they'll decide who their mates are, what their occupations are, and you're not going to own any property. I mean, this is all pretty much written out. I mean, I'm not making it up. People go, yeah. they think it's like, you know, conspiracy theory it was written right there. It said, it says it, you know, so that's the objective where we're headed. So that's number two. I think the third thing is the total destruction of this beautiful planet that we live on. I've been, I've always been environmentally sensitive to a lot. So geoengineering is a huge concern of mine, which is also known as chemtrails, which people think is conspiracy theory too, even though they admit that they're doing it. So it's like, just watch this guy. He says they're doing it. Uh, Yeah. Uh, You know, and I'm just concerned about the state of the oceans and, you know, I just, so those are the top three. So one would be the kids. Uh, three would be the future for these kids. And uh, the third would be uh, the environment is a big concern of mine too. Got it. Now, um, everybody wants to know like Billy DeMoss, right? Like everyone's so impressed by you for obvious reasons. And um, you've got some major super fans and, and super haters. Don't forget about the super haters. But I mean, if you don't have haters, then right, then you suck. Just at my like age, it, at my age, I don't really care either way. Don't so. really care. Yeah, exactly. But um, do you in t- in like today? As how old are you now? Sixty four. As a sixty four year old, do you still have days where you experience self doubt? Do you still have? Oh, days of course. You- Come on, man. I mean, of course. Tell us about that. I think that's one of the things I, I wanted to get across. And that's why I really thought, I mean, that's a great idea what you got going on here. And, and I don't know how other, other people open up uh, to you with, you know, everybody thinks that your life's perfect. My, there's a great book I'm reading right now. Actually, I'm uh, partly reading it. It's not like on my top of my list of books reading uh, that I'm reading right now, but it's called Life's Messy. I mean, I, the thing is, I, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of chiropractors or leaders in the profession have perfect lives. I don't. I mean, the thing is, I've always been kind of plagued with addiction and alcoholism. And, uh, you know, my life isn't always perfect. And so, you know, there's days when you, you know, you question your own. I mean, I went through a whole episode just recently. I don't know if a lot of people knew this, but I went through some pretty tough times. And the old demons have a tendency to creep back in when the, when you have some tough times. So yeah, I mean, everybody looks at your life's perfect and it's fun and my life is fun and it's, but it's far from perfect and I've got my challenges and I've got my crosses that I need to bear. Uh, and I'm sure there's guys out there that don't have any cross. I mean, the thing is, it's, I don't know. I just, I, I sometimes think people paint pictures of themselves that aren't really real. You know what I'm saying? But uh and maybe they are. Maybe I don't know, but I just know my own. A lot of times, most a lot of the leaders in in chiropractic or just leaders in general, they don't get a chance to talk about the struggles. You know, like when you show up right. on a podcast or you're on stage, there's a certain expectation to show up a certain way. But which is why the whole reason I started Secret Lives of Chiropractors because I want to know, and I know that a lot of uh, chiropractors would want to know what is it that Billy DeMoss struggles with. Because if I understand right. that Billy struggles, but then he also shows up in a big right. way, and he's got, he still has a big vision with all the demons that exist, then I could do the same thing, right? So, and I think it's even more powerful when people get vulnerable. 
Right. And the thing is, I mean, the reason I do it is not to bring attention to it, but I've really, with being more open about it, I mean, I've even showed with it on stage. I showed on it at uh, uh, Mile High. It's just like, because if people understand that what I'm going through, then sometimes I can be helpful with them figuring out whatever struggles they got. So if there's somebody else, you know, alcoholism runs in my family and in both my brother and myself don't drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my dad's are probably, you know, he's probably got some issues, but he's got it under control more than I did or my brother had. Mm-hmm. I lost my brother, my younger brother, to alcoholism. You know, mm-hmm. he died early. My grandmother was full-blown alcoholic. So, again, I'm not saying it's, it is it is genetic, but I think it's just our ability and, and capacity to process alcohol is different than other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could drink a lot, a lot, shitloads more than probably most people. But the thing is, I don't have that stop button. So that's why, you know, about 12 years ago, I stopped drinking. And so did my brother, Joe. And it was the best thing that I ever did. But every once in a while, like I said, when you have a struggle, for some reason, you get weak and that demon will come back out and you know. Was that the thing that came up for you more recently? You said you went through. Yeah. Yeah. It was it. I went through some, I mean, I, you know, to be vulnerable again, I just, you know, we, ha- I had some relationship stress and things going on with the practice and mm-hmm. there was a lot of shit going on. I'll be honest with you. And, you know, it's just the way for me to just shut my brain off. That's the only way I could do it. But the only problem is that, uh, <laughs> that self perpetuates. You need to kind of, you got to process the shit. You can't just turn it off. And, and I think that's what alcohol or any other drug would do. Mm-hmm. I never had a problem with cannabis. Cannabis actually probably does the exact opposite. That's when I makes me think more about reality. But like you said, I think that's the time I get most self-critical is if I, that's why I don't really even, use cannabis that much anymore other than just cbd and and stuff to control my anxiety and help me sleep which i do on a daily basis but when i would use cannabis more recreationally which with higher levels of thc in it it would really spin my brain and i become hypersensitive and hypercritical of myself uh Mm -hmm. to extent like the next day you wake up now what the hell were you thinking last night but again a lot of it's true i mean the thing is i think what cannabis does for me is it opens up the veils and I can actually see reality a little bit better. Cause I think through life we can create veils and we can actually legitimize a lot of things that we're doing in our life that necessarily aren't right. You know, we can kind of make excuses. Uh, and whereas the alcohol just, just basically just slam dunks, numbs you to your point where you're not even, you know, sensitive to anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then it's and and I've never had any addiction problems with uh, cannabis, but I definitely had addiction issues with uh, alcohol. My friend ethanol, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, my not my friend, my freaking demon alcohol, as, as Ozzy calls it. Or or maybe making friends with it might be helpful. That's eh, my friend. No, it's not my friend. Dropping the energy, not your friend. Yeah. Um, It's actually really, uh, it's interesting in the past 10 or so interviews that I've done, a lot of the chiropractors, chiropractic leaders have been talking about um, like microdosing and using mushrooms on day-to-day basis or on 
you know, on, so that's. Wow. I can't believe chiropractors would talk about that, but yeah. I mean, secret lives of chiropractors. So, I mean, we've talked about sex. We've talked about drugs. We've talked about all kinds of different things. (laughs) We have talked about sex. It's been (laughs) probably going to be one of our most favorite uh, podcast or episodes. But anyways, it's, um, it, I do experience and I have some experience with it too, is the, the opening of the veil, right? Like opening up the veil and then it gives you an opening and then you, and then you kind of understand how to maybe process, or you have access to a different level of consciousness. And I've personally never experienced anything negative with it, but right. yeah. Okay, cool. Well, you haven't done a macro dose then probably. I, I have not, but yeah. Well- and I had a pretty bad experience uh, when I was way younger. I used to grow mushrooms uh, back in my college days. I had a whole bedroom which was dedicated to cannabis uh, growing. Ooh. Back in the day when I, if I would have got busted, I would be in prison. That's how stupid I was. Uh, but I also had a closet full of uh, mushrooms that I, I would grow. And, you know, I never sold it. I just gave it away to all my friends. You know, I was always the party guy that supplied, you know, not only my brother's sisters, but all my friends, mm-hmm. but I did have a very, very bad trip once at the zoo. Uh, at the zoo. That's not where you do mushrooms. No, I know. Well, you know, I was young and dumb and I was on, not, I was not only on mushrooms that I was probably on some alcohol and a little bit uh, at the same time. And yeah. it started out fun. It was like, we were laughing our asses off, but then everything went south after that. <laughs> I started looking at the animals and comparing like the orangutans and like, why do we have these animals in cages for us to be amused? And you could just, you could feel the energy from the animals. They were just so happy. That's the thing is you actually, like I said, you have more connection to life and you have more connection to animals will communicate with you. You know, you could communicate with the animals. I know that sounds probably bizarre to somebody that's never done it, but just do it in the zoo and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. It's, but the, then, then when I hit the precipice of my just, I went and looked at myself in the mirror and I looked at my arms and the hair on my arms and I just tripped out and then I just kind of lost it. And then it was a long drive home. So that was not the last time you did a macro dose. No, no, but that was the last time I wanted to do a macro dose at that time. Got and it. I, went to a more positive i went to a grateful dead concert and it was perfect so <laughs> it's all about setting you got to be in the right setting and then i did some of mammoth recently uh, have you done great. what about ayahuasca have you done that? i have not done any of ayahuasca i'm pretty much stuck with psilocybin cannabis uh of course i love nicotine that's my favorite that's my the one i don't get any trouble with so Right, mm-hmm. cigars. I love cigars and yeah. caffeine. Right, cigars and caffeine. There you go. So, Billy, what what would you say with like dealing with all the demons, whether it's alcohol or just like the daily self doubt stuff, or weekly or monthly, whatever, however it comes up for you? How do you deal with them? What's your secret sauce in overcoming them, or understanding, or processing these? Well, I've really got into a lot of the Wim Hof method. I do breathing every day twice a day i do it when i wake up and right before i go to bed i do a lot of the four seven eight which takes me out of sympathetic puts me in parasympathetic really helps i've really kind of like brought my whole energy down i want to get into more cold plunge i do a lot of jumping in the ocean which is pretty cold most of the time 
I was doing it up in Northern California when I was up there in 55 degree water, but I want to get into like some 40 degree water, which helps just balance your stresses, your system. I put you more in a parasympathetic state. So I do that to kind of decrease my stress, obviously working out, meditating, Mm -hmm. getting adjusted, all the stuff I teach, eating super healthy, super clean, drinking tons of water. Mm -hmm. All those contribute to tapping into the best you, you, you know what I'm saying? And getting you, I stick like and I do hyperbaric. I do my beamer, all the mm-hmm. stuff that I have around here mm-hmm. that, you know, it's not like I'm treating anything. What I'm doing, I'm just upregulating my body and just providing it with things that it can mix. It's just more high performance, tuning your body to maximize performance and maximize the function in your body. Like yeah. chiropractic does chiropractic doesn't treat anything, even though chiropractors think it does. Mm-hmm. You just remove interference and the body does all the work and does all the healing, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the things you're mentioning, they make you more adaptable. So if I do have a stress that's coming up, if I do have stress in my relationship, or if I'm going through something, then it makes you more adaptable for things like that. Now, um, you did mention- Great interviewer, by the way. I love it. You're doing a great job because I sometimes I have people interview me. It's like, it's like pulling teeth, you know, you're doing a great job. Well, I appreciate it. Now you did mention quite a bit of like routine, like things that would fall into your routines. I'm curious and everybody wants to know what is Billy DeMoss's morning routine or what is like a day in a life of Billy DeMoss look like things that you would do on a regular basis. Not like, Oh, every Friday I do this, but like some things non-negotiables. Like what are some things run me through that? I go through, uh, I get up in the morning. I just make a bulletproof coffee with espresso. I also put some mild lines, made mushroom and a chaga reishi mushrooms in there. That's my breakfast. I won't even eat lunch till probably about one thirty today. So I don't eat breakfast Monday through Thursday. If I do go surfing, I may have something to eat. Uh, I could do it sometimes without eating, but if I couldn't stay out for three hours or a long time without eating some food, uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, I come to work. I'm going to go to an AA meeting today at lunch. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm open about that. Uh, I'm go hang out with people that understand the issues, you know, what we go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I will go to the beach. And if there's waves, I'll surf. If there's not, like yesterday, there was no waves. So I did my beach work. I did a bunch of pull-ups, push-ups, jump squats, sprints in the sand. Uh, I've done videos on it, a bunch of crunches, uh, bring my barbell or dumbbells out there and do curls and nice. all kinds. Of, I just move around, man. I'm a rest never sleeps. Uh, and I'm really probably in the best shape I've ever been in my life. I weighed like 148 yesterday, sopping wet. So, uh, because I want to stay healthy so I can surf, you know, and that's my, yeah, my yeah. biggest priority. In my life is probably chiropractic and then probably would be surfing after that. So Surfing. And I'm leaving on a trip to go to Indonesia here at the end of August okay. on a boat, which has been put off because of COVID. So, yeah. 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 And then I come home and I juice. I do low glycemic vegetables and then I'll I pretty much do the same thing. I'll eat some type of source of protein. Like today, we're going to have salmon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll for dinner, I'll eat just like last night. We had salmon last night, but we have leftover salmon. So we're having, that's why I know I'm having it today. And then some like, like we had Brussels sprouts with that, with garlic and, mm-hmm. you know, I eat vegetables and fish. Then I eat some berries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I drink shit loads of water and I like a little bit of coffee. Coffee's my DOC drug of choice these days. I don't know if that or nicotine is, but 
so how do you take your coffee? Black as the night, baby. Just well, it's not, there's nothing left in there. But then I do the bulletproof in the morning with uh, butter. butter and the MCTs with also, I put some collagen in there too. Ooh. And some lime paint and reishi and chaga. Sometimes I just mix it up different ones. So it doesn't I mean, taste too much. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to drink coffee, you might as well make it super productive, right? Add yeah, and then we also make this lemon juice vinegar mixture with aloe in it. And then we put in shitloads of vitamin C and biosil, which has got silica in it. Uh, we put some maybe different uh, superfoods, ashwagandha, maca, whatever, you know, that is the day. And then I same thing with the juice. I'll take the juice and put it in the Vitamix, put mm-hmm. in the whole thing of mixed greens and put in some ginger and garlic on the weekends and just mix it up eat living foods love that fuel i love that so um do you is there anything in your life billy that you regret and i I know everybody said let me pre-frame everybody says i don't regret anything please don't give no i do okay give me that's because they're not honest thank you so tell me what do you what do you what do you regret I regret not putting more energy into playing the guitar. So I think I would have been, uh, or music personally, I would even learning to play the piano and maybe even singing a little bit. I feel, I, I mean, I feel like a natural when it comes to speaking because I think it's just inside of me and I want to get it out. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have a lot of uh, filters. That's why people don't like, that's one of the reasons people like, because I don't have a filter uh so that's more of a net whereas music is something i really need to work on harder i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not like prince you know what i'm saying i just watched the Prince special last night that's why it reminded me even though when i was younger i used to have a mustache and i used to have kind of like people I, used to think i used to like prince I've back in the day yeah i've seen that, that was when i was like 19 yeah uh so yeah, music would be one of my biggest regrets that I didn't put enough time into it. I mean, you see people that are like really, really, really good musicians. They put six hours a day into it. But again, again, you can't do both, like surf all day and then come home. I mean, got to have a job too. So yeah, I don't regret it. I just say if there was one thing I would pick that I would do over, I would have probably played the piano and put more time into playing guitar. Got it. Okay. And maybe singing. And singing. And so what about um, if you look back to yourself as the young chiropractor, the young sort of entrepreneur, just getting out or starting your business, what is there a, what advice would you give to that younger chiropractor? That's Billy DeMoss. I would say be the boss from the very beginning. A lot of times I think initial phases, you were trying to be more of a friend and you were, I mean, right now at my age, I don't put up the shit at all in my practice. I don't take shit from anybody. If they don't like that, that just tell them, show them. Where the, and it doesn't happen very, but you know, sometimes people need to go. They're not really a sure. fit for you. I think early in practice, you were more accommodative to people and letting them run the show so much. Uh, I would have had more faith in chiropractic uh, for what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have a problem at all selling a six month plan or three month plan to people anymore. It's just slam dunk, you know? Yeah. And I think part of it too, is I've, I'm attracting a better new patient as far as people. I think the big issue is whether people have money or not. And again, I don't want to sound like the guy that only works with rich people, but the thing is 
it's easier to, you know, sell somebody a package if they've got money. And if, you know, and I work with everybody. I mean, I've got, I've got my indigent patients that I take care of for next to nothing and things like that. I've always been that way, but you can't have a whole practice full of those because then you're going to start getting all those people. So I've really kind of really built a kind of a niche where people that come to me lately have money. And it. it's just like, it makes it so easy to like, I mean, 2300 bucks for three months of care. I mean, that sounds like a steal to me. I mean, you look at you can go get a new transmission that costs you three grand. I mean, you're talking about a new neck. Right. So right. I, I I just and then faith in your own technical skills, you know. I mean, it's like I've been doing this for 37 years. It's like I feel pretty confident I deliver the product that people are looking to to, you know, have put into their lives. So, yeah. you know, chiropractic it is something chiropractic something that everybody needs mm-hmm. not just people are in pain and chiropractic's like brushing your teeth and flossing it's something that you need to do from day the day you're born till mm-hmm. the day you die and so it when if i don't know if kids learn that in school anymore or where they're no. at with no and i'm really big on x-ray i'm really big on you know doing the hrv and doing thermography as ways to really uh, validate what we do and show pre and post improvements with, you know, I just went over some exercises. with somebody, she's great. You know, her, yeah. her doubled, her Atlas, you know, increased her HRV improved as far as, you know, her vibration and also yeah. her thermal looks way better. So it's just like, I love, I love what I do. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, in that Prince special, one of the questions they asked Prince, I go, they asked Prince, when do you think you're going to retire? And he, he kind of looked perplexed and he goes, like, what? <laughs> goes, I've never had a job. Why would I retire? And it's the same thing with what I do. I mean, it's like, I, I love so much. I mean, I love having time off too, but again, I can't be off all the time. I'd probably drive myself nuts and probably end yeah. up back on the juice again. It keeps me on the straight and narrow. And I just love coming to my practice and seeing my people and hanging out with the kids and you know, I love having new peeps in my practice. I love doing ROFs. I love it all. You know, I love going over pre and post x-rays with people. It's just an amazing profession that we are in. And I've been blessed to have been, you know, God called me into this profession. Uh, I'm just so blessed to do what I do and then have the, you know, the liberty to take off time when I want. I'm so blessed to practice with my brother, Joe, who's, you know, he's the, we're the yin and yang together. I'm kind of like the Black sheep, he's definitely more, a little bit more on the tame side. And, you know, the black sport- came full circle. I said the black sheep comment came full circle. Yeah. Well, I have a shirt. This is the black sheep of the black sheep that I, uh, the in fact, uh, I just put those in the dirty clothes today. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love all the synchronicity. So we're going to have a little bit of fun. I'm going to ask you questions. You're going to give me like one, like quick answers. Ready? Okay. Okay. All right. Do you have a childhood nickname? And if so, what is it? Not really. It was Billy was what it was because my name's William or Bill. Uh, I never really. Ha- I mean, I, my friends used to call me Gumby. Gumby? Yeah, because my gums. Oh, so, gotcha. I guess that would be at Gumby. Oh, OK, cool. So um, let's see. What kind of student were you when you were in school? Like an A student? I was an A. I was 4.0. You were? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. In fact, um, it was funny because I would, my name was started with the D, the Moss. I was always in, I, w- I went to modern day. I was at the very top of the honor roll and people were astounded that I was smart. And then uh, when I was in college, I 
was in a chemistry class and I had super long blonde hair, surfed out, you know, bleached out blonde hair. And I, I had this, I was in this uh, chemistry class, organic chemistry class, and everybody was cheating off of me, but the teacher thought I was cheating off them. So one time I came into class, he says, Demash, you need to sit in the back in the corner. He made me sit in the back. I was so pissed because I knew they were all cheating. And they all failed the test because they were, they couldn't cheat off me. And it was the first time ever in that teacher's history that somebody got an actual 100% on a chemistry test. I think I was so pissed that I got everything right. And he had apologized to me. He says, I, I, you know, so I looked like a freaking stoner, loady surfer, which I was, but I also was a super good student because I, I, I I couldn't, I like it when anytime I do anything, I want to do good at it. You know, that's why I I, I quit golfing because I suck at golf. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so I, I'll be honest, I would have never guessed you were an A student. No, I was. I was totally an A student. Yeah, that's awesome. Love it. Um, what was your very first job? Uh, well, it would probably be mowing lawns, washing cars. Yeah. Uh, well, stuff. Doubling snow when I lived in Nebraska. I did everything I could. My dad taught me that early, very, very long. It's about a work ethic. Then I had a paper route. You know, I used to deliver 150 papers uh-huh. big sack around and you know uh-huh. be child abuse today kids would never do that and then i had was a bus boy and waiter and got fired from every job i ever had for good reasons so, for obvious reasons yeah. i mean that's why we have billy damas right i now. didn't form to things i didn't feel were right so yeah i yeah. could see that yeah. yeah um what kind of car do you drive i have two cars i have a lexus and that's a good question because I think uh, I, I, it's a 2006. I literally live less than a mile to my office. It has 70,000 miles on it, which is not, it drives like it's brand new and it looks good. And I have nice 20 inch rims on it. And I've always been into cars. And then I have my surf car, which is a Subaru legacy GT stick shift, uh, 350 horsepower. It hauls ass. It's carries it's got four surfboards in it right now it's parked here it needs a wash right now though it's black it's a great car i love it it's a 2005 with i think about ninety thousand miles on it so 90, miles. i buy stuff that i like and then i take care of it and then i don't need to buy like a car every year so so since you have ninety thousand on that one and seventy thousand on that one does that mean that you surf more than you work probably <laughs> Well, the thing is, when I go surfing it, I usually drive down south, so it's a longer drive. Plus, I used to take that car to Mammoth. It's a great, it's a fun car to drive on the three ninety five. That what you are describing though is definitely like textbook definition surfer car. Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And and your Lexus is it? You didn't say is it a SUV or is it like a two? No, it's a. We uh, Jane has the SUV. She has the uh, RX, and I have the GS, which is the most. Cool. Huh? It's a great car. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Lexus too. And it's, they are a great car. They never die. All right. Last question. Who has been the biggest and one person, biggest influence in your life? Tom Petty. That was easy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching a special about him last night. So it was good. Oh, good, good. So, um, lastly, but also more importantly, what are what what are you up to these days? What's what's something special you're working on? Something exciting you're working on? How do people find? I feel like everybody that's listening to this probably already follows you on Instagram everywhere else. Well, Instagram, I th- I don't even know if I have an Instagram. Do I have an Instagram anymore? 
Well, it's, it was taken down. I mean, it, it would get up to like 15,000 and they would take it down and they get back up to 15. And then I finally just said, screw it. I think my team does it. So I'm a little bit too controversial. So every time I post anything, it gets taken down. Uh, my Facebook page was, you know, at 30,000. I got taken off on my birthday. Mm-hmm. My YouTube page was taken down. My Vimeo page was taken down. I mean, the thing is, I'm not posting pictures of my cats. I'm actually telling people. I mean, the good thing is, if I, you should realize if they're taking your page down, they're probably you're probably telling the truth, and they don't yeah. want you to telling people they're they're trying to delete you. They're trying to erase you. Right, of course. And yeah. the thing is, what I've done now is I figured, you know, still they can't censor this in a you know. So I've been doing a lot of public speaking. I spoke at Defeat the Mandate. I just spoke mm-hmm. at Mile High. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm speaking at Cairo Fest coming up. But I've been putting these events on once a month or every other month over in Huntington Beach at Old World, where we, you know, we had eighty, or we had eight hundred people for Robert Kennedy. We had probably five hundred for Judy Mikovits and Sherry Tenpenny, uh, Del Big Tree. We had eight hundred. So I've been doing these monthly gigs where the band plays. So we got a gig coming up on July twentieth with Brian Artis and Brian. Oh, really? I I don't know if this podcast will come out before then. So oh, it's all right. It's all right. Where can they, because you do this on a monthly basis anyways. Is yeah. there a link or something we can put in here? Yeah, so- the thing is, if you just go to drbillydemoss.com, you can put okay. your email in there, and then you'll get all our notifications of what's going Perfect. on. All my podcasts are there. There's a lot, all kinds of crap on there. It's not censored. It's very spicy. So if you have a problem with F-bombs, you probably don't go there. I'm, I'm not here to appease everybody. But that's what a lot of people like about me, like the fact that I'm authentic. and Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and I use colorful language and some. You know, I, I mean, I think I think it's you're not trying to be that way. That's who you are. It's just you know, so. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for uh, giving me your time on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. It was kind of fun getting to know you a little bit. Yeah, more. yeah, yeah. We could probably go deeper if you want to go do it again sometime. Ooh, I want to. I definitely want to do part two. We only covered drugs. There's still sex. There's yeah, rock and roll. Sex, drug, rock and roll, right? <laughs> so, so we got to do a part two on this one. I'll get in touch. All right, perfect. All right, thank you Love so you. much. Love you, and um, thank you everyone for watching this, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.